Somebody in the building uh, ought to take about 60 seconds uh, and just testify tonight uh, that he did it. I'm here tonight uh, because he did it. I'm praising him tonight uh, because he did it. Uh,
Come on, give him praise. Come on, give him praise in this place. Come on, somebody open up your mouth. Come on, give him praise. Come on, lift your hands in the building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift them as high as you can get them. Woo, somebody give him a praise. I've seen it with my own eyes. Seen it with my own life. Come on, tell your neighbor, tell him, tell him. He keeps. Turn around, tell three people I've seen it with my own eyes. Come on, tell them I saw with my own eyes. I seen it with my own eyes. Seen it with my own life. He keeps every promise. Never be forsaken. I've seen it with my own eyes. Hey, somebody lift your voice. Seen it with my own life. Said he keeps every promise. Never forsaken. I've seen it with my own eyes. Seen it with my own life. He keeps every promise. Somebody ought to just declare that tonight. He keeps every promise. Said he keeps every promise. I declare he keeps every promise. I seen it with my own eyes. Hey, somebody give him a great praise in this place. Come on, somebody give him a great praise in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, are you grateful for what we feel in the building this morning? How many of you thank God this morning when the Holy Ghost finished, we baptized three more people in Jesus' name. All of them received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to give God a great praise for that tonight. Just remain where you're at tonight in this posture of worship. Just remain in this posture of worship. It is evident. Just, just remain where you're at. Everybody's running to your seat. Just remain where you're at in this posture of worship tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you sense the destiny of the Holy Ghost in this building tonight? Come on. How many of you sense what God is doing in this place tonight? Amen. Earlier this week, as I was praying about this weekend, God laid it on my heart that he had laden messengers this church this week, this morning, Pastor Trevor Sloss did such a powerful job delivering the word of the Lord to us. How many of you thank God for the word that came forth in this house today? 
As I was continuing to pray, I felt like the Lord had me contact the David Stewart tonight. I contacted him before tonight, but to preach the word of the Lord to us tonight. Amen. Listen, I, I don't know what God has for us tonight, but I'm going to tell you this afternoon as I was in my office, an overwhelming presence of God came into that place. And I sense the destiny of the Holy Ghost uh, on this service tonight. Is there anybody that came here tonight uh, and you're not here out of routine? Uh, you're not here out of duty tonight, uh, but you're here because you're hungry uh, for God to do something in this place? Come on, I want you to stand on your feet all over this thing. We shouldn't be casual to the moving of God that's in the building right now. I want everybody standing to your feet right now with your hands lifted uh, all over this sanctuary. Uh, come on, let's engage the presence of God that's in the building right now. Would you lift your voice uh, with great expectation uh, in this house tonight uh, as Brother Stewart comes to deliver the word. Uh, come on, lift your voice. Come on, can we just give that to God for the next few moments? Come on, from the, from the depths of our soul, from the depths of my being, I shouldn't be where I'm standing, but God. Tell your neighbor, if you'd have saw me yesterday, you wouldn't recognize me today. Come on, I'm on a mission tonight from the Holy Ghost. I came here with a mission. I came to remind somebody, you're a lot further than you used to be. Come on, somebody. You're a lot further than you used to be. Come on, it's been rough, it's been hard. The devil's taking his shots, but God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can go back to your seats. I hate to throw the brakes on this, but there's a, there's a powerful, powerful anointing in here. I'm just going to take my time if that's okay. I'm, I'm almost overwhelmed with the amount of anointing that's here. I have never in my life up to this point received so many confirmations from God from angels that what I'm about to preach there is a special moment in time that we are living in at this exact moment and I want everybody under the sound of my voice to listen to me very very carefully I'm not your I'm not your friend right now I love everybody here but I'm not your friend There's some people under the sound of my voice that have ran from God long enough. And God is reaching for you. Listen to me one last time. I feel an unction in the Holy Ghost. Your destiny, your ministry is laid up in one service. God is reaching for some people. Come on, we've played with God far too long. God has a mission for somebody tonight to, to lay everything on the altar. The things you've been playing with, the devils uh, you've been toiling with, uh, they are about to uh, 
consume you. There is destinies in ministries. There is moments in time right here tonight. If you just take this like any old normal service, it's just another Sunday night live at the Rock Church. Come on. It's just another moment where we've met and we've shouted and we've gave God praise, but you've been running from the things that God uh, has been trying to deal with you with. Uh, and if you deal with them care carelessly, they will consume. You will not win. I prayed all week that God would bring a spirit of remembrance into this house. That you would remember where God has brought you from. The testimonies you've preached and talked about so powerfully. That God would bring them back into the forefront of your mind. To empower you to walk in the next level that God uh, has ordained you to walk into. I came under the unction of the Holy Ghost to rebuke the spirit of quit that's in this house. Come on, I ain't preaching to just one person. I'm preaching to the spirits of this city. I came with an anointing from the Holy Ghost to preach under the unction. I'm preaching, I'm rebuking quit out of this house. I'm rebuking quit out of your ministry. I'm rebuking quit out of your vocabulary. Come on, do I have anybody in the house tonight uh, that's ran long enough? Uh, and I'm telling God, God, uh, quit uh, is out uh, of my vocabulary. I'm rebuking quit in Jesus' name. Come on, I'm rebuking quit in Jesus' name. I'm rebuking quit out of my ministry. I'm rebuking quit out of my family. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 4, verse 5. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the midst of Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel what meaneth these stones Isaiah 48 and 10 behold I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Could I say it like this? God's gift of affliction. 
John chapter 8 and verse 5. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? What meanest these stones? Church, I need you to help me pray tonight. I want you to pray like it's your children. I want you to pray like it's your spouse. Come on, from the depth of your being. Come on, from the depth of your being. What meanest this, God? What meanest this, God? Come on, church. I'm not talking about any just natural prayer for an ordinary Sunday night. Come on, I'm pulling for somebody. Come on, you've come way too far. Come on, you may have not seen me yesterday, but my God, I'm better than I used to be. Come on, if you could just utter that from your lips, that needs to be your anthem. Sometimes you gotta preach to yourself. I'm bleeding, but I'm not tired. I'm bleeding, but I've come so far. Come on. Nobody, Nobody told, told me it was gonna be easy. The road would be easy, but I don't believe he brought me this far to leave. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave. Come on, I'm preaching freedom in the house tonight. Come on, I need somebody who has had enough of the devil's games uh, to get something in the bottom of their spirit uh, that says tonight's the night. Uh, I'm not taking uh, another step uh, out of this building uh, until God, uh, you deliver me. Come on, can we give him praise? Somebody's hooked up in that spirit. Somebody just got broken and vulnerable before the king. I said, if you're serious tonight, God will do it.
Only thing I ask, and you know who you are, I've, I've seen your face in my visions. I pray that when this spirit moves across this place, that you mothers, you, you church mothers and you church fathers, when that spirit of intercession starts to sweep through here, would you just facilitate that spirit? Come on, does anybody feel that? Come on, it's not by my might, not by my flesh. Come on, he's going to do it, but I need some people uh, that know what spiritual warfare feels like. May be seated in the name of Jesus. God has so seamlessly arranged this moment in this service so I don't, I don't feel adequate at all. But God has seamlessly moved this morning. Pastor Sloss so capably under the anointing of the Holy Ghost preached so powerfully. And where he has left off, this is exactly where I'm going to pick up. In the Bible, stones provide many meanings. In the hands of David, stones provided protection, security, defense, and power. In the hands of a warrior, a stone created a giant killer. It became symbolic of power, authority, and strength. Stones in the hands of a mighty man can bring deliverance and freedom. In our Bible, Jesus is known as the chief cornerstone the very basis of our foundation being stone. Stones, as we will discuss, were commonly known as memorials, a place of remembrance, a place of testimony, lest we forget. Furthermore, stones are for burial. The final phase of burial in olden times was to completely cover the body with stones to conceal it after death. What meaneth these stones? Joshua chapter 3, finding faith in a flooded river. Chapter 3 and verse 3, the Bible says, And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. And if I can preach something for a moment, we are in a, a moment in time where your anointing is about to leave you. We are in the last of the last days. We are in the last of revival. We've heard it preached uh, for a hundred years. Uh, the anointing that God has shown you. Uh, the ministry uh, that God has shown you. I'm telling you, uh, it's passing uh, in front of you. If you don't grab it uh, under the unction of the Holy Ghost tonight, uh, it is going uh, to leave you. It is going to pass uh, you by. God will uh, find another 
your chosen vessel. I said, it's coming in front of you. It's coming in front of you. There's mantles and anointings that's passing us by tonight. Verse 4 says, yet there shall be a, a space between you and it. Pay very close attention. God spoke to me this so plainly. About 2,000 cubits by measure come not near unto it. The Bible said, come not near unto it. When I read this, God spoke to me. There is no circumvention for your anointing. Whenever the anointing comes on somebody, the, the anointing rests inside the covenant, but they paid very close attention uh, that they could not get out in front of it. Can I tell somebody in preaching the Holy Ghost uh, that God has shown you a ministry, God has shown you anointing, uh, but it does not give you a mandate uh, to circumvent uh, your leadership. It does not give you a mandate uh, to circumvent uh, your authority. It does not give you a mandate uh, to disapprove uh, and circumvent your leadership he said I want you to stay far from it is anybody thankful in the house for a shepherd that knows all about God's timing come on I, I mean that in the Holy Ghost I'm thankful that God didn't give me some of the stuff I asked for I might be the only one. I'm thankful that God had a shepherd uh, in my life that would shield me uh, out past my own circumstances. It's tight, but it's right. Just because you're anointed does not mean you get to circumvent process. It doesn't mean that you get to make your own flyers uh, in your own post. You don't get to make uh, your own schedule. The blessings in the field. Uh, when the moment's right, uh, when the covenant is supposed to be passed to you, uh, when the mantle's supposed to be passed, I don't know why I'm preaching this, uh, but you are going to have uh, your season. There's a reason why. Sometimes our ambition blinds us. The scripture finishes with, for ye have not passed this way herefore. I'm guilty of it. I, you know, you get anointed and God starts talking to you, but can I tell you, God doesn't bless mess. God blesses organized stuff. Come on, he blesses what's organized. It's always uh, in order. It's never circumvention. It's always uh, in process. Verse 13 says, And it shall come to pass as soon uh, as the soles of the feet of the priest that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above and they shall stand upon in heap. I want to preach to somebody tonight that the priest's feet, they are in the water. God's in the middle of your mess. Opposition doesn't matter when the priest's feet are in the water. Come on, I came to uproot this spirit. 
God sent you on a mission. God spoke a word into your life. And just because you got into the valley, just because you got into the river, now you started to doubt the process. But can I preach to somebody that when the priest's feet are in the water, it doesn't matter what hell comes your way. When the priest's feet are in the water, opposition doesn't matter. When the priest's feet are taking dominion and they're leading, God makes a way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 4. And I read this in a way that I never really read it before. In verse 2, the Bible says that after they all passed, God spoke to them and said, take you 12 men out of the people, out of every tribe, a man, and command you them, saying, take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, 12 stones, and you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. And I have these stones up here for a specific purpose because I want this to be etched in your memory the way that God showed it to me. We think of stones for many memorials. As we talk, they had many different reasons and purposes. Sometimes we wonder why God calls us through the deep valley and we, we ask God, God, why did you allow me to experience what I've experienced? God, why have you allowed me to cross through this river? And in my mind's eye, I see these stones as, as they're picking them up. And in God's sovereignty, Bishop, the stones, as I imagined when they went and grabbed them, they didn't look like stones that were on the side of a bank. They didn't look like stones that had been maybe bleached by the sun. But these were stones that when the eye met them, there was some slime on them. There was, a, there was mud on them. They didn't look. They had, they had things. There was characteristics to these stones that were unnatural. They weren't supposed to be there. It wasn't normal. I'm about to preach to somebody out of a tight spot. A lot of you, I've seen it. You, you, when I was playing tonight, I was, I was so moved by the Holy Ghost and I, I could barely contain myself. But I've seen by certain people, you had these stones sitting beside you. You carry them with you. And there's things that I started to ask God, God, why are they carrying these stones around? Can I tell somebody that the main reason God gives us these stones like he gave them out of the River Jordan is for a supernatural testimony. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see when, when somebody looks at my stone that came from the bottom of the ocean and maybe it came from the bottom of a deep, dark place that uh, I should have never survived uh, pulling this off the bottom. Uh, it's something that means something to me. And they look at it uh, and they say, sir, uh, this should have killed you. How did you even get, I'm telling somebody, uh, you've been through some things uh, in your life uh, and you've asked God, why, uh, why? It's for your testimony. Uh, it's for his glory. Uh,
I feel that. Yeah, you, you see my stone. Uh, it don't look normal to you because uh, I wasn't really supposed to live when I pulled this one off the bottom. Woo. I wasn't really ever supposed to make it off the bottom of the river. But you see, this one's, I couldn't buy this somewhere. I couldn't pick this up off the side of the road. Why? Oh, it's got some stuff on it that you don't even know what it is. Why? Because God brought me through some things that only God could bring me through. Do you feel that tonight? That there's a testimony you've been carrying around with you and you don't understand why the weight of it is so heavy? Can I tell you, God has a purpose in your testimony. God has a purpose. I rebuke this in the name of Jesus. You thought the affliction you went through was because you were a nobody. Can I tell you in the Holy Ghost, the affliction that you bared is precious. It's my stone. It's everything. Somebody know what I'm talking about tonight? Somebody know what it's like to carry some ugly stones and nobody really knows what they are? They don't know where you got them from, baby. You couldn't go uh, to the depths I went to uh, to get there. This is mine. Uh, you can't have it. Uh, God gave this to me. Hallelujah. Clap your hands in the fear of the Lord. There's some things God don't want you to forget. You're doing everything under the sun to forget where God brought you from. God said that's part of your anointing. How dare you take the stone that I gave you uh, that's so precious uh, with the affliction that you bared uh, to get. Why would you want uh, to hide it? I wasn't supposed to make it out. It wrecks me whenever you keep reading in the book. Bible says that God, after they made it across, God chose some people. He said, I want you to choose 12. As symbolic as some people in this house tonight, God's got a call of God on your life. Come on, God's got a ministry for you. Come on, not everything's a pulpit and a mic, but God's got somebody you're supposed to witness to with your testimony to keep them from suicide, depression, and anxiety. It's precious. It's a precious stone. I wasn't supposed to make it out. I wasn't supposed to carry this off the bottom. Jesus called, God calls 12. And I thought about this. It broke me. Could you imagine what those 12 were thinking? Whenever God sent them right back into the place that he brought them through. Have you ever walked in something that's been wet? Have you walked in something that's had water standing in it for a while? It's not easy to walk through. 
I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost. You've been asking God for a cakewalk. I'm telling you, if you want to protect your anointing, if you want to protect your ministry, if you want to protect your testimony, it ain't going to be easy, baby. It's going to be tough. You're going to fight tooth and nail. But I imagine them bishop... Man of God speaks to them and they say, okay, we're going back in. Walking through a dark place with nothing in your hands is hard enough. But pulling something out of the bottom in the mud the second time, something altogether different. I feel this so strong in the Holy Ghost. You prayed for God for it to be easy. The mud's caked up to their knees. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. What are they pulling off the bottom of the floor of the river? Let me tell you what it is. In the bottom of the floor of the river, you know why it's so hard to get up? Because in the bottom of the river, I found my peace. I found my purpose. I found my joy. That's why it's hard to pull out of the dark. Why? Because you're never supposed to walk out of the dark place. But God said, I'm going to anoint you so much. I'm going to have my hand on you so much. Not only are you coming out of the dark place, but I'm bringing gifts with you. I'm preaching to somebody. You've walked through some dark places, some muddy bottoms. It wasn't just meant for you to get out of there alive, but God had a testimony and anointing for you out of the bottom of the river. I'm going to preach it till you believe it. It ain't meant for you just to survive and breathe on a pew. God's got anointing and gifts for you out of the affliction. The devil thought he had me. Yeah. I was okay with him making it out. But then they went back in. I can't, the devil can't even comprehend that. They went back in and I wasn't just getting something for, for myself. I'm bringing peace for somebody else, baby. When you see this stone, I'm going to tell you about it. I shouldn't have lived where I got it. I should have died. But let me tell you, but God, but God. I'm going to ask you, church, I'm preaching. What meaneth these stones? What meaneth these stones? Yeah. Yeah, God gave me a gift, but it was hard. God gave me an anointing, but it was messy. I had to fight. I wasn't supposed to live through it. What does it mean? Isaiah 48 in 10, the Bible says that God chose you through the furnace of affliction. I'm about to preach. I said he chose you through affliction. What does that mean? And I felt this so strong, I don't have no, God just talked to me. Every time you didn't get to justify yourself or your side of the story. 
Yeah, the affliction's real. Every time somebody spoke against you and you didn't get to justify yourself. Every time you got cheated, every time uh, you got abused, every time you was taken advantage. What, what are you preaching about, preacher? I'm preaching God chose you not an easy path. He said through the spirit of affliction, when your heart was shattered, when they left you, when they forsook you, when they abandoned you, when they invited somebody else and left you out, I wasn't considered. I was passed over. I was misrepresented. Come on, I was misquoted. That ain't what I said, Bishop. That ain't what I said. Let me tell you what, what really happened. They misinterpreted what I was saying. They didn't really understand what I was saying. They misinterpreted it. I meant it in love, but I said it in anger. They took what I said out of context. If I've ever had a word for myself... And for this church, be still and let God fight your battles. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. Be still and let God. Why? Because God can do it when it doesn't create a mess. God can do it and it won't get messy and out of order. God can do it when people won't leave. God can do it when people won't backslide. I don't need permission from my pastor and my bishop to go pray for two weeks before I have a meeting. It got quiet. I don't need permission to go to God in prayer before I get the help of somebody else. Does anybody believe that? I've got enough anointing in my life that I can go to God in a prayer closet and say, God, uh, you know my truth. Uh, you know my heart. God, uh, I need you to fix it. I chose you through affliction. You know what he's saying? Stone after stone. Stone after stone. Oh, but they cheated me. You don't understand. They left me. There's another stone. You know what God's saying? Affliction after affliction. And what God sent me here tonight is to give everybody here perception. God's going to fix the way you think. God's going to, he's going to do it tonight. I'm telling you, if you got enough faith in your heart, God's going to change the way you felt. For it could be 10 or 20 years, God's going to help you. My mom and daddy left me. Another stone. My spouse was unfaithful. You don't know my struggle. Another stone. I was cheated. They, they, they conspired against me. Yeah. Another one. Our thinking's messed up. God's not wrong. Our thinking's messed up. What the charismatic world has done is told you that anointing is supposed to be pretty. No, it's, it's key phrases and it's certain things, it's catch words, but can I tell you, real anointing, anybody that's been through some things in this house, if they're honest with you, they got a closet full. They got a closet full of unpretty stones. 
And at one point in their life, they asked God, what does this mean? Stone after stone. Can I just tell somebody in the Holy Ghost? He'll find a way. I want to I clarify. Through all your mess that you think that nobody can fix, I'm preaching to some people. You think, no, I've gone way too far. I've said way too much. Can I tell you, God's going to find a way to get glory out of your mess. <clears throat> Half of you believe what I'm telling you. The scars you carry around that nobody knows about, God's going to find a way to get glory. You may think it's a mess, but there's a miracle in your mess. There's a way for God to get glory out of any, but the devil meant for bad. God's going to get the glory. I ain't started preaching yet. Jesus. Does this mean? What meaneth these stones? Psalms 22 and 6. The Bible describes this as the night season. The bulls of Bashan. I don't know who I'm preaching to. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted in thou didst deliver. David is, is giving God some praise, but right after the praise, it's very short-lived. He starts to tell God about all of his troubles. I'm not even a man, God. I'm a worm and no man, a reproach of men, despised of the people. It's a bad place to be in God when you don't even see yourself as human. There's some spirits that are living in your home, living in the corners of your bedroom. You've got so acquainted with their presence that they don't even bother you anymore. I'm going to preach about it. Come on, the spirit of depression. Hey, how you doing? I'm home for the night. The spirit of anxiety, the spirit of, I'm telling you, the devil is a liar. You need to walk in your home tonight with a bottle of oil and say, thus saith the Lord, uh, this house uh, is God's house. Uh, I've lost a lot in my life, but I'm not losing my peace. Uh, I'm not losing my joy. Uh, I'll fight you in the streets, uh, but I'm not letting you come uh, in my home. Somebody needs to tell the devil you ain't welcome here no more. Yeah, somebody needs to get that in your spirit like you believe it. I'm going home and taking dominion and authority. Why? Because I got some stones that say I done been through some things. I've done lived through some stuff. God's done brought me before. He'll bring me again. Hallelujah. Shalom. He said... All that see me laugh to me to scorn. I'm a joke to them. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying, hey, he trusted on the Lord. I know what I'm preaching. He quit everything and went to follow God's voice. He forsook everything and followed after God. Can I tell you what you need to do 
is have discernment. When that evil spirit rises up to put its mouth on your reputation and your testimony, you need to go into a prayer meeting right there in front of everybody. No, no, I know what I'm talking about because when you start calling, when God gets involved on my behalf, baby, you can't stand in the same room with the almighty God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. I'm going somewhere. He said, yeah, that's the one that he trusted. You said he was going to deliver you. He starts to plead with the Spirit. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me, strong bulls of Bashan. Just a quick excerpt. Bashan was a place of fertility, of strength. They had greener pastures and more resources than everybody. And the bulls there would be stronger and bigger than any you've ever seen. And what David is saying, God, I'm scared, and they've surrounded me. Anybody been struggling with some bulls in your life that seem like they're bigger than usual? Come on, some demons that... God, I ain't never felt these before. I've never I've battled God, but I've never battled like this. God, they're supernatural. God, they're close to me. God, I can feel them. I can feel their breath. Somebody needs to get a hold of the horns of the altar. He said, they're talking about me. These bulls are surrounding me. Verse 13 says, they gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and roaring lion. Prayed about this for hours because God just, he wouldn't let it go. God finally spoke to me. They've got people under the sound of my voice that there's lions that want to take you by the throat. Come on, I, I know what I'm talking about is quiet, but there, there is a pressure that you feel. People have, have said some things about you. Come on, they, you're, you're confused and you're perplexed because you don't understand what God's trying to do. God told me to give you a prophetic word. If you would let God fight this battle, God knows how to deal with lions. I'm telling somebody, just like with Samson, the lion that you thought was going to kill you, if you bring it to God, God's got a blessing laid up inside like honey. What was meant to kill and destroy you, God's going to say when it comes to the end, it's going to bless you. What was meant to harm you is going to prosper you. I'm sure David at this point He's wondering about all these stones that he's built up, the people and the bulls, and he's asking himself, what does this mean? The thing is, is that David, even in his worst moments, he still knew how to get in touch with God. 
John chapter 8, verse 3. See, what I've been preaching about this whole time is a common passage. What meaneth these stones across the river Jordan? There's a lot of powerful material in Scripture to strengthen us in that. I've been preaching about these stones and how they come out of the bottom of the earth, the bottom of the river. What does it really, really mean? I want to take a left turn, if you would. John chapter 8. Scribes and Pharisees. Jesus, you know the story. He's preaching. The scribes and the Pharisees come. It says that they brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. When they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. In the very act, now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. I think it was Bishop was preaching. Somebody had mentioned, they were talking about this woman. And it's like this whole place stood still and God brought me to that place. The end of last year, God was dealing with us as a corporate body in, in a profound way for about seven or eight services. Anybody remember what I'm talking about? God was trying to heal some things for this new year, and God had gave me this around that time. And There is something God's trying to get out of us because there is a place that God is trying to take this church. There is another dimension of power and anointing that God is trying to give us. He says, well, Moses said we've got a stoner. When I heard those words, I was at that place with all these people. And they asked Jesus, what sayest thou? And if I imagine in my, as I seen this, they were under the law. She was, she was rightfully convicted. But it's a pivotal moment in dispensation. But God says, I'm going to do something different. And I seen these men with these stones in their hand. And Bishop, I thought about it. There's many interpretations as to whenever Jesus stooped down and wrote in the stand, they're all good. But not to fixate on what he was writing, but rather the Bible says that as he was writing, they said, what sayest thou? Whatever he wrote in that saying, the Bible says that they were convicted in their own hearts, in their own minds. And I could see in my vision all these accusers. Bishop, how heavy did the stones get? How heavy did they really get? 
before they finally dropped him as, as Jesus is riding in the sand and he's saying, that's okay, you can throw him, but you without sin, you cast As they're standing there in the midst of Jehovah, in the midst of the Almighty God, how heavy did they get? He's holding and I have to imagine myself in that place because we've all had people say and do things. And while sin has killed its thousands, condemnation has killed tens of thousands. You want to talk about a ministry killer, just leave it up to condemnation. Leave it up to your past. You'll talk yourself out of your, you won't have to have anybody else, but it's from the past of yesterday. They're standing there. The Bible says from the eldest to the youngest. They're standing there. And I have to imagine because it happens to me often. In my mind, God brings to the forefront of their mind. You remember when, I, when you were wrongfully in this situation? <laughs> yes, God. You remember when my law said you should have died? Yes, God. You remember when I should have killed you? You remember when you, yes, God, yes, God. God, I remember. I remember all the times I should have died. I remember all the times that I backslid on a pew and there was no ministry left. I remember. How heavy did they get, church? Come on, when somebody says something to you and it makes you just swell up on the end, when did God leave you without mercy? God has never left you without mercy and grace. God has always been at the altar waiting for your repentance. What meaneth these stones? As they come to the music, I preached all of this. What meaneth these stones, a testimony, a memorial? It was things that should have killed me. What do they mean? It's the stones of my accusers. It's the stones of my enemies. What meaneth these stones? What are they? One by one, they start dropping the stones. The woman is standing there. I preached all this to preach this to you tonight. These memorials represent every scar in your life. It's all the stuff you're not proud of. It's all the stuff you're struggling with. It's all the stuff that's keeping you from moving forward. This is the weight. It's the anchor. And I imagine as she is sitting at the feet of Jesus with the remembrance of every stone that's sitting in front of her that says, uh, I was guilty. I was, well, that stone was meant for me. That stone was meant for my death and my judgment. What's wrong with us? What's wrong with the church? 
The Pharisees would rather kill than rehabilitate. They'd rather murmur and complain rather than motivate. It's so much easier to kill things and in our minds just to start fret. Why? Because that's our human flesh. It's our nature just to throw it away and be done with it. As you come to this altar tonight, I want you to have one thing on your mind. God is reaching. God is reaching so powerfully tonight. He wants to heal you. All the pain, the junk that you carry, all the stuff, all your stuff, all the baggage, it's real. All that stuff you bring with you. God said, I can't bless that in 23. You've got to leave that here. I'm, I'm trying to move you to another dimension, but you won't let me. I preached all I preached tonight for this right here. What you interpreted as a grave, God meant it for an altar. What you interpreted to be your burial stones, the things you're not proud of, the things that have afflicted you, the things that you've struggled, what you thought was to bury you. God said, no. This is your altar. This is what draws you close to me. This is what makes it precious to me. I know they're not pretty. I know it's ugly. But God, if this what it takes to know you. God's not trying to bury you. God's trying to bring you close to him. I've got nothing left to preach tonight. But God's requiring some people under the sound of my voice. You've been cold. You've been distant. You're not careful. This will be your last service. God's requiring of you to take what you think is meant to kill you. What's not precious? God said, I'm not trying to bury you. I tried to make an altar for you. Why? That you may know me. That you may sup with me. That you may have dinner with me. That you would spend time with me. Why? Because that's where we know God. In the depths of our pain. In the depths of our uncertainty. That's where we know God. It's not a pretty prayer. 
It wasn't a pretty scene whenever she was kneeled down uh, at the feet of Jesus, caught uh, in the act uh, with all the stones uh, of her accusers. Uh, Why? Because she's guilty. But God said, uh, this is a memorial. What do they mean? What do these stones mean? It's my altar. I know sometimes that I must change. I know sometimes you must make me new. What do they mean? God, what do the scars mean? God, what do they mean? Nobody knows, but God knows. God said, I built a perfect altar for you, a perfect altar between me and you. Come on, I urge you tonight to get out of your comfort zone. Come on, this isn't a pretty prayer. This is not a pretty prayer. This is not a pretty prayer. What do they mean? What do these stones mean? It's okay that nobody else understands. They don't have the stones that you have. Their stones are different. I know sometimes that I must I know sometimes thank you God thank you God for the stones thank you God for my struggles thank you God for my afflictions thank you God for my enemies what do they mean church What do they mean? What does the heartache mean? What does the uncertainty mean? God wants you. God wants you. God wants you. Lord, I
Come on, church. Come on, church. Can you pray with your sister? Come on, can you pray with somebody? Come on, somebody that's just looking at a pile of stones that may not know what they mean. Can you pray with them and say, God loves you? That's what I'll be. I will be. Come on, it's not pretty, but it's my stones. <laughs> it's not a pretty altar, but it's my altar. Come on, nobody made it. God made it. <laughs> Come on. I couldn't have fabricated this altar. I couldn't fabricate the power that's in this altar. I'll say yes. Yes. I feel it. Something's shifting I in the atmosphere. Yeah, there's a path. There's a wave of power that's moving through here. Somebody just caught the revelation of what these stones mean. Come on, it's my war room. It's my war closet. It's not pretty, but it's mine. It's my testimony. It's my anointing. Come on, somebody. Come on, you've been dealing with timidness. You've been dealing with timidness. Let a boldness raise up on the inside of you. Come on. Come on. I'll say yes. Yes. Somebody needs to let the adversary know. I've located my altar. Somebody needs to let the adversary know. I've located my altar. I've located my place of strength. That wasn't a grave. It was a place of power. I'll say yes. Yes. I are flooding in uh, I've got my altar when my job quits on me uh, I've got my altar when sickness hits my family uh, I've got my altar yes yes I agree
somebody let's focus on praying tonight come on don't let anybody distract you right now from what God's doing come on don't let anybody be distracting you from what the Holy Ghost is doing in this house come on the Holy Ghost is in control of this service right now come on any conversations right now we ought to be praying right now this isn't a time to conversate this isn't a time for discussions this is a time to pray Come on, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's submit ourselves to the Holy Ghost. Let's submit ourselves to the Holy Ghost. Come on, come on, don't let anybody next to you distract you right now. No side conversations. This is a time of prayer in this place tonight. Come on, anything outside of that is out of order in the service right now. 
Don't disregard what the Holy Ghost is doing right now. Ooh.